Welcome to the Smidge Wines Podcast. I'm Lee Schneider, Communications Director at Red Cup Agency. And with me today is Matt Wink, consultant and winemaker at Smidge. Hey, Matt. Morning, Lee. How are you? I'm doing very well and ready to talk about sommeliers. If you're in a high-end restaurant, say, and the sommelier comes up to you and says, what would you like tonight? I'm sure that you have very specific ideas because you're a winemaker, but what advice would you have to the wine aficionado who might want to have a higher level conversation if they could, or at least have an honest conversation in a, in a restaurant like this? What would your thoughts be on that? Yeah, I suppose this one's a, this one's a bit of a hard one because, uh, as you said, I typically know what I'm looking for and uh, know often know some of the answers to my questions. So, uh, as far as I'm concerned, and anyway, there's there's no silly questions that people should ask, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, well, sommeliers should be such that they don't view anything. And if someone does ask a, a silly question to them, they shouldn't look down and scoff at them as such. Hmm. But the sommelier is a integral part of the, the hospitality industry, especially in the restaurant business. So uh, they're there to help, as uh, as far as I'm concerned. Wine is, I suppose, is an even playing field for everyone, and it? so it means different things to different people. So it ultimately should be shared and enjoyed amongst people. So um, the sommelier should be the the helper. So firstly, I think you've got to ask yourself some basic questions. What am I eating tonight or what do I feel like drinking? Do I do I like red and white wine, for example? If you go down to that basics, I mean, depending on who you are, do I want white or red? How many people are at the table? Oh, gosh, we've got a few people, so therefore we can maybe try a few different bottles. Um, if there's only two of you, obviously you're a bit limited, so um, that hence why now a lot of restaurants have wine by the glass, which is a, a great option. Um you can look at the list I do. They have, do you, oh, I don't know what I want to drink, but do you have a, a degustation menu as such? So you have maybe wines and food that are already matched together. What order? So should I start with some fizz? Should some, will rose go with the entree? Or I like uh, red wine. Can I drink that with the entree? So ask this family to help you narrow your choices down if, if you have an idea roughly what you want. You can ask them, where's the winery? Um, this sounds interesting. Um, what are these guys known for? Uh, do you recommend this? Uh, what, what should I eat? I like that wine. What should I eat with that? So don't be afraid to ask anything and everything. They're there to help you. I think that's really great advice. It's kind of a collaboration, not one above the other. Yeah, I mean, collaboration, exactly. I mean, a sommelier, he, should be, he or she should be asking you questions as well to mm-hmm. gauge... A, your knowledge level, and and B, what they should really start recommending and what you like. When it comes to recommendations, if I were to say, well, I'd like something from Australia, but a lot of the time they just recommend Shiraz. They just kind of do that because I guess that's what Australia is known for. Do you think that's a good idea or is it possible to encourage the sommelier to hey, what about something else, and, and push them a little bit? You should be able to, because a sommelier, they, I mean, they've been educated, and they're the ones who should have the wealth of knowledge. So um, push them, ask them. If you ch- challenge the sommelier, uh, challenge yourself as well at the same time. So maybe you think you, you should drink Shiraz from Australia, but when you ask them and get some advice, whether you take that advice that evening or just take it on board for next time, 
get some more information so you're, you're educated as well. So maybe that night you're having a piece of steak and you think, well, I should have a big red and I, I like Australian wines, Australian Shiraz, so maybe I'll stick with that today. But maybe uh, next time I'm here I might have the chicken or I might have the – that fish dish looks really interesting and so maybe I'll try something different next time. And you can ask them the questions there and then and just arm yourself with more information. The wine industry is agricultural. Their wine's going to be slightly different every year to a certain extent. So it's all about trying things and asking sommeliers about very vintage differences. So, yeah, don't be afraid. Ask them. Ask them to try different things, and they'll give you, hopefully give you a good response. If you had just a few tips about creating a satisfying wine experience in, say, a restaurant setting, say you had a top three ideas that would be best, what would those be? Collaboration, right? We're talking, I mean, one thing is seeker collaboration might be one. Maybe do some reading of your own. Uh, when you get there, just look at the wine list. You may not know a lot about wine, but wine lists are typically set out well, typically. So you go, okay, there's a white wine, there's some sparkling wine, and there's the red wine, and oh, there's the rosé section. So maybe know your way around it a bit and then start thinking of questions you might want to ask. So that's sort of the initial... Get the groundwork done, and then the other two things come along. So the collaboration comes on after that. Maybe know where the vineyard names are or the wine names are. Often if you go to a wine list, um, for example, uh, if there's European wines on there, especially, say, one from Burgundy, they're the ones, some of the harder ones to decipher because Burgundy is all about the vineyard typically on the label. Um, And so the wine... Of the vineyard the wine is from and the vintage and the producer is important but often secondary so you look at it and go um Shishandra Montrachet and you go well what's that mm-hmm. and they, uh, it's just the vineyard name and it might be say 2012 and you go okay in 2012 I said oh, I've, I don't know A it I might the person may not know where it's from the fact that a, a white burgundy is Chardonnay um, people some I've heard people say oh, I hate Chardonnay but I love white burgundy it's like Okay, (laughs) or conversely, I I don't like Pinot Noir, but I love red burgundy. It's like, okay, (laughs) obviously. So, yeah, but again, it is a a different world out there to decipher, um, especially those European labels. I mean, Bordeaux, as I said, burgundy is more about the vineyard, but then Bordeaux is more about the, the producer. So the assumption is that the person reading the label knows what kind of, what what sort of variety blend that producer makes. So it might, I mean, obviously in Bordeaux you've got Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, Merlot, Malbec and Petit Verdot. So not every producer uses all five varieties and some, some producers in some areas use, in some sub-regions use more of, Merlot and some regions are more Cabernet dominant so uh, again it's hard to decipher sometimes just arm yourself with a read a bit about the in the book in the in the wine list get a few questions in your head and then start the collaboration with the sommelier and start learning more and use them use them that's what they're there for they're a wealth of knowledge Matt thanks so much for doing the podcast today no worries thanks 